introduce myself. Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. Boy, y'all came a long way. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. This platform, the reach y'all have that you've earned, makes space for somebody like me. You guys have a direct line to the culture. Oh, my God. Charlemagne and DJ Envy. Yes, you are. All I do is read about the Breakfast Club. Really? Every morning. That's good. You guys are trending. Every, uh, you know, I drag my ass out of bed. I'm like, uh, what happened on the Breakfast Club today? Get, get your ass off. Hey, fam. There's Good no morning. yo, 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 yo. Charlamagne, where I you at? Ba- I was waiting for it. Damn it, man. Well, good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. And it's Thursday. Yes, now, almost um, the weekend. <laughs> I haven't heard from Charlamagne this morning, but sometimes we have technical difficulties in the morning. Uh, of course, we're broadcasting from our houses, and sometimes these things ain't right. Sometimes the Wi-Fi doesn't want to work. Sometimes the Ethernet cable doesn't want to work. Sometimes it's just hard to get internet. It's happened to all of us. Um, I know today we have an interview with Scott Storch, and when we were taping the interview, in the middle of the interview, my internet dropped out, and I could not ask him any questions. I could not talk, and I had a bunch of things to say, and it was just a wrap. Just happens now sometimes. We, f- we found out at your house you have too many children online at once. Yeah, so what happens at about 9, between 9 and 10, my kids start getting up. The older kids have school. The younger kids uh, play on their iPads when they uh, eat their breakfast. And when that happens, it messes my internet up. So I have a ban on the internet. Uh, the young kids cannot use the internet till after I'm off. The older kids, of course, if they have class, they can get on. But everybody else cannot use the internet until daddy's finished. That's yeah, what it that's is. Yeah, that's hard because there, there's a lot of people in your house. So. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of people using the internet. It's seven of us. So, you know, if everybody gets on the internet, it's, you know, it's not as strong as it should be. But uh, in, general, sh- in mm-hmm. general, I will say people are at home a lot more. So internet usage is up across the board. So I think sometimes Absolutely. a lot of people are having issues. Like I was trying to watch Prime Video and it kept on resetting, resetting, pausing. And that was because of, uh, you know, problems with, with connecting to the internet. Absolutely. And, you know, shout to uh, Major League Baseball. Yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. And usually we do something for Jackie Robinson Day on the outside, whatever it may be. But this year, of course, we were all in the quarantine. So uh, I said, let's DJ. So I DJ for a little bit. A different set than I usually do because it was all clean versions. It was all uh, very across-the-board friendly music. So it was pretty dope, though. Uh, CC Sabathia called in, checked in. It was just a lot of fun. A lot of people, you know, on the live. Angela Yee started trouble. Donnell Rawlings uh, called in. Started leaving why eggplant does Donnell, emojis. Yeah, hmm? why does Donnell leave eggplant emojis all over your I don't know. I think he was all the time. I think he was flirting with me. I don't know. But he didn't know Gia was on the pace. And then Gia started cursing, him at, cursing at him. And then they started going back and forth. It was, just a, it was just a fun time last night. So, again, shout to Major League Baseball. Uh, we're going to do a whole lot more uh, with Major League Baseball and it's gonna be dope. They really enjoyed the set last night. They really love me and you, ye, so they 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 definitely want to do more <laughs> things with us, which is a great yeah. thing, man. Well, great, shout great out to Corey. Shout out to Ho for yeah. setting that up for you. Absolutely. All right, now uh, Scott Storch will be joining us this morning. Yes, you saw him in the battle against Manny Fresh. Yeah, he feels that uh, Charlemagne uh, disrespected him somehow, some way. So we'll talk about that as well. 
Uh, a lot to talk about. And then, of course, we got front page news coming up next. What are we talking about? Well, since you're talking about sports so much, we'll talk about Dr. Fauci and how sports might be coming back. All right. We'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. Don't move. It's Thursday. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, I ain't going front. Last time I seen Charlemagne, he said he was uh, driving to the bank yesterday. I told him don't go. You told him don't go. You said I, you could deposit it online. He really wanted to go outside. I told him deposit that check through the phone. No, I want to go to the bank. I don't know what happened, but hopefully we'll find him shortly. But what are we talking about in front just, page news? Yeah, he could just be asleep. Maybe that too, because I just called him. But what, what are we talking about? Uh, so Dr. Fauci is saying that sports can resume, but here's how it could potentially happen. There's a way of doing that. Nobody comes to the stadium. Put them in big hotels, you know, wherever you want to play. Keep them very well surveilled, and namely a, a surveillance, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. I mean, people say, well, you know, you, you, you can't play without spectators. Well, I think you probably get enough buy-in from people who are dying to see a baseball game. Mm. Yeah, I think they're putting some pressure on them. I, you know, if, if you're talking about playing baseball so soon or playing basketball so soon, I still think it seems a little a little nervous, a little crazy. I mean, the players still got to play with each other, right? The players, you could possibly still have coronavirus and just not show any symptoms. Even if they test every player, you can possibly get tested and not pop up as of yet. So it's you could tell this is a money grab. You could tell that some of the, the leagues want to make some money. Uh, people are tired of staying home and want to see something. I don't think it's time yet. I still think you need a little time off. My opinion. Well, I'm I guess if you keep them all quarantined together and you test them every week like they said they would do and all and keep them away from their family. And I don't know. I don't know how this could potentially work because this is something we've never had to deal with before. The NFL is discussing a shorter 2020 schedule and playing without fans as well. They mm -hmm. would close off stadiums entirely for fans or only allow a certain percentage of the stadium to be filled. So they said, as we have said, we are committed to protecting the health of our fans, players, club, and league personnel and communities. We look forward to the 2020 NFL season. Our guidelines and decisions will be guided by the latest advice from medical and public health officials. So we shall see. Definitely. Now, mm -hmm. according to Donald Trump, he is saying that the coronavirus pandemic has peaked and he does expect some states to reopen before May 1st. New cases are declining throughout the New York metropolitan area. Cases in the Detroit and Denver metro areas are flat. Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia, and St. Louis are showing great signs of progress. And new cases in Houston and New Orleans are declining. The battle continues, but the data suggests that nationwide we have passed the peak on new cases. These encouraging developments have put us in a very strong position to finalize guidelines for states on reopening the country, which we'll be announcing tomorrow. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly feel like I don't want to rush this thing. And, I, you know, I'm I'm the one. I want to get back outside. You know, the, the amount of things that I'm missing out on and the amount of things that my kids are missing out on from graduation to prom to, to money, uh, I, I want to get back outside. I just don't want to rush it. I don't want everybody to come outside. And then by the time we, you know, we're outside, it's another wave and more people are dying because people want to go out a couple of weeks earlier. Charlamagne, you there yeah, now? Yeah, that's in two, that's yes, in two weeks. That's in two weeks they're talking about people be being able to go back outside. I think that's ridiculous. I mean, listen, we've been down for a month already, though, right? So, I mean, you're either going to listen to the experts or you're not going to listen to the experts. If the experts say, hey, 
You know, the curve is flattened and it's time to get back outside. What you going to do? Yeah, but well, it seems, it, 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 it seems it, like they have motivations. That, I mean, I mean, I, their motivations are definitely to get the economy back going. But, I mean, it, it, the curve is, I guess, flattening. I don't know about that whole peak thing, though. But, I mean, who are we? We're you not know? in there every day. We're not in there every day researching this thing, studying this thing. Only thing we can do is trust the experts. As Boosie said when he called uh, earlier this week, as crazy as it may have sounded, as soon as they tell us to get back outside, we're going to be back outside. Yeah. Point. Well, uh, and let's let's be clear here, though. Dr. Deborah Burks, who was a task force member, said she will remind people again, it's a highly contagious virus, social gatherings coming together. There is a chance an asymptomatic person can spread it unknowingly. We know if you're sick, you'll stay home. Don't have that dinner party for, party for 20 yet. She said in the end, we do have states that have very few cases and very few new cases. These are the ones the president is referring to. These are the groups we are working with very specifically. So each of those governors and mayors will have to make decisions after generalized guidelines are put out so they can do what's best for their community. Yeah, I yeah, still I mean, think they're playing with fire. It would be very easy to get, get back out there if they had widespread testing, though. At least if you know who'd had it. Right. And, you know, uh, like I think they call it what containment, containment tracing. You know what I'm saying? So when you know when you know uh, certain places have it, have it, have it the most then you can contain it and do what we're doing now, which is quarantining. But if they get widespread testing out there, I think people will feel a little bit more comfortable. And I think the when street. the vaccine, when the vaccine is there, people oh, will feel course. more comfortable I mean, because a, this this thing is wiping out whole families, like whole nursing homes, like whole you know, wedding parties and whole funeral parties. Like, this thing is wiping out a lot of people and to play with it because I understand we have to get back to the money, but if there's no vaccine, like I was reading something the other day and in this, in this, uh, these people do like a poker game and it wiped out most of the people that go to the poker game, you know? And then they yeah, went I mean, from the poker game to the casino. So who knows who they infected at the casino? Like, we just don't know and not to have that vaccine and to play because we just want to make, get back to the money. The money ain't more important than people's oh, yeah. health. Or the vaccine is a given, but the vaccine ain't going to be back around for another year and a half. No, they said sooner than that. No, hell no. It's going to take at least, it takes at least a year and a half for a vaccine. At least a year and a half. They said they were going to rush it through and they're they're hoping by the end of this year. Now, that's what you don't want. You don't want no rush vaccine. All right, well, that is your front page news, guys. That's like somebody rushing to cook. You know, you you ever had somebody just rush to throw something together and they really don't know what they're doing? Yeah. All right, well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Call us up, phone lines are open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Avion. Avion, what's up, bro? Get it off your chest. What's up, man? This um, I want to get off my chest about the pandemic that's going on, man. This it's been been hard being a sports agent and um, seeing a lot of these players having to, you know, not prepare themselves well for the draft coming up and the season and everything. It's just been very hard. Man. You're a sports agent? Yeah. Who do you represent? Well, right now I don't have um, nothing but a guy from Sumter, South Carolina, um, named Donald Rutledge. I do business management for him. No, I'm, I'm okay. in the game, man. Yeah, I'm from Florence, South Carolina. Oh, got you, got you. Salute to Florence. Yeah, man, I, I, I could imagine, you know, this is a big time in a lot of players' lives. They're about to get drafted, and it just it's just not going to be the same. You know what I mean? They're not going to be in that big building, people cheering and all that, you know? But safety is more important, man. Thank you for checking in. Is, man. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is CJ. What's up, Breakfast Club? 
What's up, bro? Peace, King. King. Yes. Hey, hey, my girl mad at me, man, because I won't go down on her no more. I, I need some help, Angela. Why won't you do it? Because every time I go down on her, I wake up with a sore throat. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how to tell her nicely, you know, she need to get that checked out. You uh, wake up with a sore throat? That sounds weird. Goodness gracious. Yeah, but, maybe you know, she has, maybe she has uh, something that she needs to go to the doctor about. I mean, it smells good and it tastes okay. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And she mad at me, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. Can I ask yeah, you a I question, never... a serious question? Was your yeah. was your uh was your was your significant other your girl was she born a girl? Yeah, she's a girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it just sounds like she got a little bit something extra, and you know, it's, your gag reflex ain't what it need to be. That's what it oh, sounds like to me. I don't know. Look, it says here you could have oral gonorrhea. Oh boy. Or chlamydia. Okay. Oh boy. Oh. You know. Okay. Uh, maybe uh, a bacterial infection. I'm just saying it might be something that. You know, could be an issue. Maybe she has something she doesn't know about that might not have any symptoms. But I did just look it up. So I throw up from oral sex, and it says it could be from uh, gonorrhea, or it could be from chlam- chlamydia. You could have throat chlam- chlamydia. Well, good luck. Congratulations. Those are your choices. <laughs> I, look, I'm not diagnosing anybody. I'm just saying, you know, door, it is possible to get those things in your throat. Door number one and door number two. Well, just know that when you Google everything, sometimes when you Google stuff, it's the worst, brother. So just just take it with a, with, with a grain of salt, bro. So, so, so you think that might be the reason i never seen her, you know, naked before? She always want to have sex with the lights off. Oh, my goodness. No, that just sounds like some insecurity Man. issues with her body. That doesn't mean anything. That sounds back to what Charlemagne was saying, bro. I'm trying to tell you. Looking at what I'm eating then, huh? You don't I think you need, to learn how to, you need to learn how to deep That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Yo, I can't with y'all, man. Thank you, brother. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Ivan. Hey, what's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Yeah, sir, uh, man, two weeks ago... My, uh, actually three weeks ago, my girlfriend of two years, she got a promotion. She works fast food, uh, to a store and, uh, she started becoming a little distant. So about a week later, I tracked her phone to a hotel, man. She's screwing one of the guys she works with at the job. She wow. Like, a week later, she done moved in the crib. He's in front of her kids and everything. Damn. He must've been putting uh, it down. He, hey, listen, he was in here the whole time. See, we got our yeah, phones he... last year. I put a tracker on the phones just in case we lost them or whatnot. So the first week that she was, uh, you know, being distant, I kind of followed her around. You know, I can see what's on the camera. She was just picking her kids up, going home. The second week, she was up in a hotel with the dude. By this, 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 previous, this current week, he's at the crib. Man, he must have been blowing her back out. I'm talking about best penis she ever had in her life. Goodness For gracious. her to move that fast and move them in? Wow. Man, yeah, that's crazy. Out and everything. You ever think about how big his penis must be? Oh, my goodness. How would he think about I'm that? Sure I'm sure he's piping her down. I mean, I'm not a small dude, but, you know, my thing is, how you got the dude in front of your kids after, after you know, after only a week? Because his penis yeah. is that good. That's, but Best she ever had. Bit, that's a little dangerous. You don't know this man. You're doing a lot of penis talk for early in the morning, Charlamagne. I know, right? The best she ever had, bro. Think about that. 
It must be. Oh, I think about it, but hey, it is what it is. I ain't tripping no more. She she must not have loved me too much if it only took you a week to have a whole other man in my place. Goodness. Oh, I'm just okay. telling you, 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 you estimating how good that guy's sex was. How are you? How are you coping with this? How are you coping with this, though? I know you're thinking about her, the kids. Yeah, I mean, at first I have to say, you know, I was, uh, I, I, at first I was just shocked. I, I really couldn't believe how fast she moved. And right now I think I'm still just a little hurt. I haven't really been angry because the guy, I mean, the, compared to me, at least looks wise, he's the he's the bum, dude. I mean, this dude is a straight, dusty ass bum. <laughs> it, uh, it, right. it, it looks the looks don't matter. His penis might be immaculate. My goodness! All right. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for checking right, in, well, bro. Well, take care of yourself, sir. Right? And you know, it's not an easy time right now for people in general. But when you're dealing with those extra things, I know it's it's harder. All right. Well, get it off your chest. I know he's, I know he's sitting around stewing right now. <laughs> he said, "I look." He said, "The guy compared to me, the guy looked dusty. Looks My don't goodness. got nothing to do with it. Clearly." Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. And happy birthday to uh, Diz, my bro Diz out in Jersey. He's listening right Diz, now. Diz, what up, King? Diz. All right. Now, we got rumors on the way? Yes. And we're going to be talking about Michael Jordan and this last dance docuseries that's coming out. Michael Jordan said people will think he's a horrible guy after watching it. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Empire. Ending a little early. This just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, so next week's 18th episode of Empire will be the finale for the show. They're not doing a proper final episode. It wasn't shot, and they currently can't shoot it because of coronavirus. So, unfortunately, this next episode will be the last one. Now, Lee Daniels said the success of Empire and bringing the Lion family to broadcast television will always be one of the proudest achievements of my career. This show is the definition of breaking barriers. Thank you to our incredible cast, especially Terrence and Taraji, along with our amazing writers and Tyler's crew for all their hard work but the episode airing on April 21st which was never meant to be the series finality will be so they hope everybody I, does tune in I hate when um shows end like that like I like for people to put closure on long-running shows that's why I still have no closure when it comes to girlfriends because they didn't give us a, a proper final episode so I hate when they do stuff like that don't you think every episode should every season every series should have a final episode well, unfortunately, they so. can't film because of coronavirus, but they are saying they hope to film it at a later date and be able oh, to gotcha, gotcha. put it out. But they can't, so there's nothing they could do about it. Yeah, I mean, that's a and tough I, decision because, I mean, when are they going to... That's going to be so late. Like, you know what I mean? You, people are not even going to be thinking about it, you know? Yeah, but what else can they I'm, do? You're right. Well, you can always make people care. All you got to do is bring Jussie's character back. You know what I'm saying? Let him come back and take over the Empire. Gotcha. That'll be what CTV. But they can't film right now, so, you know, it's just... No, I'm talking about in the future. Oh, in the, fu in the last episode? Yeah, so we don't know what's going to happen, but um, we do know next week, April 21st, is going to be the finale for now. All right, now, Chadwick Boseman, we've been telling you guys yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. Well, Chadwick Boseman just talked about Operation 42. It's a charitable effort that he's taking part in, that he's uh, putting some money into. Here's what he said. It's Jackie Robinson Day. I can't think of a better time to remember my hero, and he's the hero of uh, many of you out there, than this time that we're in, this pandemic. I can't think of a better way to commemorate 
everything that he was about than to announce uh, the partnership between Tolco and Figs is donating 4.2 million, 4.2 for 42 in protective medical equipment in honor of Jackie Robinson. All right, so that's dope. Just in honor of Jackie Robinson, wanting to make sure that you take care of those uh, African-American communities hit the hardest by coronavirus. One thing, though, that people were looking at was his appearance, and they were saying that he looks like he lost some weight, and they're wondering, is this because of a movie role he's preparing for? People were concerned about his health, but we don't know, you know, what's going on. He didn't say anything about that. I'm, I'm sure it was for a movie role. Uh, Chadwick yeah. is, a, is, a, is a Chadwick is a thespian in a real way. He takes that acting thing serious. I'm sure it was for a movie role. But drop one of clues bombs for my South Carolina brethren, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick is always uh, uh, stepping up to the cause and putting his money where his mouth is. So, salute to my guy. All right, now let's talk about this Michael Jordan docuseries that we can't wait to watch, The Last Dance. And we'll start watching that this weekend. But according to... Um, one of the people who worked on this, he said that he had a conversation with Michael Jordan about the docuseries back in 2017. And uh, the director said that Michael Jordan once told him he was so concerned about what people will think of him after they watch this docuseries. He said there's a particular, a particular moment where he was going very hard on his Chicago Bulls teammate, Scotty Burrell. And he said, when you see the footage of me, you're going to think I'm a horrible guy. He said, but you have to realize the reason why I was treating him like that is because I needed him to be tough in the playoffs. And we're facing the Indianas and Miamis and New Yorks in the Eastern Conference. He needed to be tough, and I needed to know that I could count on him. I so, don't see a problem with that. I mean, you're playing your right. team. Like, you, you push each other to play harder. You want to win. Like, I, that's right. I, I'll be honest with you. I think the world is getting a little soft when it comes to a lot of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like, you want to push people to win. Now, you don't want to baby people. I don't baby my kids. I push them to be great. That's right. I don't want to don't don't bring your little sensitive eyeballs and your little thin skin and your little fake outrage to the Michael Jordan documentary because when you look at Michael Jordan's life and you see all of that greatness, you see those six championships, you see, you know, what he accomplished as far as his sneakers and everything else, it was a reason for that. Because he was intense and and he was aggressive, okay? He was a leader. The people he made great around him. You know, you talk about the people he made great around him. Yep. Well, they did, pull a, they, did, like a lot they did pull a quote from the documentary, and that quote, uh, Michael Jordan says, look, winning has a price and leadership has a price, so I pulled people along when they didn't want to be pulled, I challenged people when they didn't want to be challenged, and I earned that right because my teammates who came after me didn't endure all the things that I endured. Once you joined the team, you lived at a certain standard that I played the game and I wasn't going to take any less. Now, if that means I That's had right. to go in there and get in your ass a little bit, then I did that. God damn That's right. right. Sometimes you got to get in somebody's ass. Hey. And shout out wow. to Marcus Envy. Jordan, who <laughs> tweeted Envy out winning. Is crazy. Shout out to his son, Marcus <laughs> Jordan. He tweeted out winning has a price with quotes, and then he put dad and a bunch of trophies. Yeah, All right, Scotty Pippen in the... Scotty Pippen, in the meantime, says he got fired from his role with the Chicago Bulls. Now, I guess they were talking to him on the uh, Thuzio Live and Unfiltered podcast. And he revealed that um, he couldn't come to an agreement with the Bulls front office prior to the 2019 season. So that's what happened. Listen to this. You're an ambassador for the Bulls. Is that right? I was. I got fired this year. Yeah, I didn't really want to be out in the public, but I'm no longer employed by the Bulls. Well, Probably is a good thing, right? Yeah, you're free, man. Absolutely. I, I, honestly, I like, to, I like to associate myself with winning. Well, that's stupid on the Bulls part. When you when you got a veteran you know, uh, uh, icon like Scottie Pippen, you, you should keep him in your fold. So whatever you did to push him out, that's your dumbass. And that's why y'all don't have a winning culture right now. 
because y'all pushing away the people who have won there in Chicago and who know what that winning culture feels like. You can probably instill that in other people. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. When we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Dr. Fauci and what he's saying about sports resuming. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. Yeah. We are The Breakfast Club. Now let's get in some front page news. Where we start, Yee? Well, for everybody anxious for sports to start again, but we don't know how it could potentially happen, here is Dr. Fauci talking about how maybe sports will resume. There's a way of doing that. Nobody comes to the stadium. Put them in big hotels, you know, wherever you want to play. Keep them very well surveilled, namely a, a surveillance, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. I mean, people say, well, you know, you, you, you can't play without spectators. Well, I think you probably get enough buy-in from people who are dying to see a baseball game. Well, let's go, NBA. I'm down for it. Okay. I don't know. Like I don't know how. It. I don't know how I feel about that, man. I just, I just I mean, don't I, know. I, I just wonder if he's doing it because he really believes that, or is he, he getting a little pressure to do that? I just want to make sure the players no. are safe. Like I want to see basketball and baseball and football like anybody else, but I just want to make sure them players are safe. I feel confident that experts like Dr. Fauci know what they're talking about. I really do, because they're the guys and, and, and women that are in there studying this thing day in and day out, and I don't think that they would say that if he didn't actually mean it and know what he was talking about. But you know what? A lot of this is relying on the behaviors of people, right? Are the players going to make sure that they aren't around other people so that Very they're true. not contaminating anybody? Correct. So while the doctor might be correct if everything goes according to plan, you kind of can't control what people do. And so that is the one thing that's uh, a factor as well. Now, will there be a coronavirus vaccine anytime soon? I know, Envy and Charlemagne, you guys were going back and forth on that this morning. Well, here is what Dr. Kismika Corbett has to say. She is the National Institute of Health's lead scientist for coronavirus vaccine research. We're talking targeting fall for the emergency use. Um, so that would be, you know, for healthcare workers and people who might be in constant contact um, and in risk of being exposed over and over. And then for the general population, our target goal is for um, next spring. And that is if all things go well and if these phase one, phase two and phase three clinical trials work simultaneously for the good, our plan is to have people vaccinated all over the world by next spring. Yeah. So once again, I feel confident the experts know what they are talking about. Uh, Dr. Corbett said next spring, that's a year. And in the meantime, America needs a bunch of masks. We need widespread testing and we could probably get back out there. But a lot of the same rules will apply, especially in regards to social distancing. The world as we know it will never be the same, at least for Never be the same. Nope, not at all. All right. Now, these stimulus checks, I saw a lot of online jokes about stimulus payments as people are starting to get their money, right? And mm -hmm. millions of people have received their stimulus payments from the federal government this week, but they said some people are at risk of immediately losing the money. If you owe money on your credit card, medical, private student loan debts, there's a loophole in the law. So that means, as you know, if you had your information for your bank account deposits from your taxes, you know, that's where the money goes, right? Immediately when they do that direct deposit. Right. Well, if you owe some money on some debts and that's the bank account information that they have access to, then that means that they can indeed access that money once it goes into your account and try to take that from you. So what they are advising, if you know you owe money on any past debts or any collection lawsuits, uh, take that money out right away. Just make sure you track when your stimulus payment is about to hit and that's take foul. that out of your account immediately so that 
that emergency assistance for you actually works in that manner. So that's just some advice for you. That's what I was saying about child support. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't uh, not give the brothers that owe child support, you know, no check. When they get their check, whatever they owe, just take it off the top. Instead of just depriving them of the check altogether. Right, because yeah, I don't have the people though. that are owed money. But there's been all kinds of it's issues with difficult. these stimulus checks. Like in Tallahassee, some residents are saying that those stimulus checks were deposited into their tax preparer's account and not into their own. So can you imagine what that feels like? They actually showed up to the tax preparer's office and stormed uh, the office to try to figure out where their money is. Don't, go, don't ask me. Go to the White House. Okay, that's where the money <laughs> Well, the problem is, you, is, you know, for some people, if their money got deposited for their taxes and the money gets deposited into their tax preparer's account, that's where that money is going to go. So whatever account you have listed for your taxes in 2018 and 2019, that might be it. And dead people are also getting stimulus checks. So imagine... Really? Yes, your wife or husband passed away in, say, 2018, and that's the last time you guys filed taxes together. That person is still going to get that $1,200. So now people have questions. Like if I got $2,400, but my spouse passed away, do I have to give that $1,200 back that was supposed to go to them or what happens in that case? So there's Still a lot question. of kinks. Mm-hmm. Hey, what whatever happened to shh, 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 shh. Whatever happened to that? Oh, you can't do that when people die. Like they know people are dying. Like, like they got to have a record when people die and they'll go back and try to get that down. money back. Hmm? I think the problem is down. that people don't want to want to spend the money and, and they got to give it back. Pay it back. Yeah, hey, they, they know when Tom, people die, Charlemagne. They they Tom, keep a record of it. Times is hard right now. Okay, if they knew when people died, they wouldn't send the check to them in the first place. All right, so recognize the blessing when you see one. Okay. No, so you're doing the right thing. You, if if it comes back to you, hey, it comes back to you. But no. in the meantime, tuck, just tuck it away somewhere. Put it up. That's all. I mean, you could do you can do that, but you I mean just don't spend it because if it comes back and they be like, all right, I want my money back. And then you know, with this government, they'd be like, and and we're gonna charge you interest on the money that you took. You just just wanna be just, careful with this government. Just tuck it away. If they come back for it, cool. If they don't, you know, cheers. You like it's spent already. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I had a dream about Donald Trump last night. I had a dream I was wow, out kinky. That's why he in a woke gym up somewhere. What was he wearing? It might have been. I was sitting in a gym somewhere, <laughs> and I was like, I was like front some front row somewhere, and he wow slapped me on the back of the neck lightly and told me I was trouble. Wow. You that sounds like bro. the beginning of a... Were you watching Pornhub before you I went know, to right? You I definitely was not watching no Pornhub last night. Smacked you in the back of the ass and said, you're trouble. Ooh, I said I was sitting down and he smacked me on the back of the neck and he told me I was trouble. You said you was, was funny. Actually, <laughs> he it does sound like the beginning like, of a porn. <laughs> and then he kind of motioned to have me removed or something like that. It was weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Little love wanna, let's I heard see what that means in the dream dictionary. I heard people are having wild dreams uh, lately because of this this quarantine thing. I wonder what that's about. Mm-hmm. It's because I, I, you hit your, you get a lot more sleep. So a lot of times people don't get into their, like REM sleep because they oh. have to wake up early. So now that you're getting more sleep, you're getting into that stage of sleep where you can actually have dreams and remember them when you wake up. That makes sense. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Scott Storch will be joining us now. During this interview, um, my Wi-Fi just totally went out, and I couldn't even talk about anything. But during the interview, y'all talk about Scott Storch thinking Charlemagne disrespected him. Now, we didn't get to it. I wanted to ask, what did you say that, that made him feel that way? What did you say, Charlemagne, that made him feel that he was being disrespected? I said that um, I don't know how much credit we can give Scott Storch for those uh, five records that he played that 
that that we all know Dr. Dre gets gets credit for, and and for uh, "Cry Me a River." So I don't know how much credit we should give to Scott Storch for those records. Okay, all right. We well, talked we'll, about it though. We'll talk to Scott Storch when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He's smoking already. It's up early on the West Coast. We As got he Scott should. Storch. Wake and bake. How you quarantining, Scott? Man, I'm. You know what? I just been here on. I, I live on a cul-de-sac, and you know we just been maintaining <laughs> this thing. I've been cooking up literally since this thing started every day in the studio. I'm lucky I got, you know, a, you know, an incredible team around me. And, like, you know, we just here bidding, you know, doing. What are you working on when you say cooking up? What are you working on? Um, making some beats, working on my album, working with Kevin Gates, working with a bunch of artists um, right now, you know, gang of stuff. I, gang of was, stuff. I thought you were talking about actual food because you ain't got nobody to be with you because you by yourself. <laughs> I, I thought you was cooking your own meals. Wife, been cooking up a little too much, man. I've been eating too much. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about this. Listen, how did the battle come about? How, how, what was the phone call like? Did you jump into it? Let's let, let's break down the battle. Well, I got the call from Tim and Swiss, and mm -hmm. you know, originally um, they they had me uh, paired up with T Pain, and then I woke up the next day, and they were like, "No, that's we're gonna do something different. We want to put you with Manny," and um, you know, I was like, "I'll take the smoke from wherever." Did you know Manny has so many records, or, or, or you knew kind of his catalog? You knew what it was going to be? You know, I know his catalog, you know. You know, and he, me and him been cool for a long time. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was just, I was down for whatever. I got a lot of faith in my catalog. I didn't really, um, you know, delve into everything that I had in my, in my catalog. I left a lot of stuff out. You know, I, I got, you know, several hundred songs and uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of records that... Um, Maybe I didn't think F the battle correctly. I wasn't going to play, like, Grammys, like, from Pink or from Christina Aguilera and stuff. I just didn't right. feel like that belonged in the battle. You True. know what I mean? Let's talk about that catalog, Scott, because I, I saw you on Fat Joe's Live, and, 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 and you thought I was trying to disrespect you, which I wasn't. I just had questions as a fan of hip-hop and the culture. I'm just like, okay. how much credit can Scott Storch take for beats that we were always told Dr. Dre did? Uh-oh. Let's talk about it. Listen, Dr. Dre is a huge whale, uh, you know, if not the biggest producer ever in, in the history of hip-hop music, you know. So sometimes when your name sits next to a name that big, you know, it, it kind of like overshadows, you know, especially when I was getting started in the business with, you know, I was a young man, like, you know, just coming up. So a lot, when those records came out, a lot, you know, people didn't really read all the credits and see who was doing what and, and you know, as far as playing that music in the battle, you know, my sound, I think, is, is pretty clear when people hear it. You know, if I, I'm not going to play something, if I'm not like a, I'm one of the main nucleuses or foundations of what these tracks are, and I didn't feel like, you know, I, it deemed playing it. And, you know, I, 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 I really feel like, you know, the, the co-production and writing and whatever, whatever I, I, I contribute, I, I bring mine to the table. You know what I mean? Even when you say your sound is like uh, people know it when they hear it, I don't know. Only because I don't know what Scott did. I know, like, I know Lean Back, I know Make It Rain, I know a lot of those records, but I'm talking about like the classic joints you were playing, like The Watcher and 
break your neck and well, well, the watcher too. Play the watcher too. Watcher. It's a different record. It's different track and different, you know, and everything. But um, I, you're not credited on that at all. On on the on the original watcher, no. And on blueprint, it's, it's it says just says Dr. Dre. Well, I looked. You know, I, I I contributed in in the you know the keys and and writing in the top lines and stuff and you know. Sometimes we, you know, the credits don't reflect what what actually went down on the record, and not in all cases, but it happens, and you know, sometimes. But um, you know, in terms of me legitimately being a part of everything I played, a hundred percent. So on. Scott Storch, you from the you from the era where producers uh, would produce, but not necessarily get the credit. It would just be the big name. So we we've seen it with Diddy. We've seen it with Dre. We've seen it with a lot of producers. But you were involved and you were there making those beats as, as well, correct? 100%. During the battle, the first thing that bothered me was the, 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 the uh, skits and stuff that was, like, kind of knocking me and all that. And then when, when I saw this interview where he was saying that it wasn't cool that I was playing these collaborations, I was thinking to myself, I didn't know he was making a new set of rules because... You know, everything that I had seen, I've seen a lot of collaborative efforts on a lot of the prior battles. And, you know, I felt mm -hmm. like that was fair game. So, you know. Now, I was going to say, what do you think the rules should be? Because should it be that if you're accredited on a song, then you can play it? Because a lot of things are collaborations, like you said. What should the rules be moving forward? Because these battles are still going on. And so there's still some questions. Because I don't know what the ground rules are. Did they give you guys any rules? Are they made up as you go no, along? there was no ground rules. And it was, it, you know, there's nobody saying that you couldn't play R&B or, 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 you know, you know, urban crossover records or whatever. Like, you know... I, I had, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, say Kanye West and Pharrell was to do a battle. Mm -hmm. Is Kanye not allowed to play any of the stuff he did with Mike Dean? Is is Pharrell not allowed to play anything he did with Chad? Or even, like, for example, a record that Timberland and I did together, which was Cry Me a River, he played that in the battle. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, 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 music is a collaborative effort a lot of times. And I, I would have to say... Maybe somewhere in Louisiana, somewhere, there's probably a lot of uh, bass players, keyboard players that brought magic to some of the records. Maybe that Manny did, and that you know, maybe they weren't even credited for or whatever. I'm just hypothesizing, but I'm I'm just saying mm -hmm. like I didn't set out when I started making music to make it all by myself. If I feel like I'm an integral part in something, I'm gonna play it on a beat battle. You know what I mean? And that's and that's that. I mean. And I think that's what that's what that's what we as fans don't know. We don't know about these collaborations because I remember back in the day when you and Timberland was beefing over Cry Me a River, and he was saying, "Oh, he's just a piano man," and then you told him that he wasn't. Uh, what you, I, I forgot. Well, I forgot what you said to him, but he said you weren't a real producer. You were just a piano man. You know what I mean? It, it stuff like that happens. You know what I mean? And and it is what it is. And it's water under the bridge. Um, but you know, I just felt like. Maybe that was just an excuse and, like, somebody who was feeling a little salty about, you know, not winning the battle. So I just, you know, if I would have lost, I would have, you know, taken it like a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, you know, dude called me the next day and was apologetic for calling me, like, out on being having drug problems in my past and stuff like that. And, that and was what did you, what did you think about those skits when, when he played those skits live and, and y'all back and forth because the battle's alive and you started hearing those skits and it just wasn't one, it was a couple of skits. What was your mentality at the time? Because it looked like it didn't bother you when we were watching it, but, but what was your feeling during that time? I mean, it was, it was, it was tasteless. Look, 
there's nothing that people can say about me. I, I, I you know, I, I, I've learned to, to deal with stuff like that. You know, you can only imagine the stuff I had to read about myself. Look, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I blew a hundred mil doing drugs and doing stupid stuff. And, you know, I, that's, I gotta, I gotta deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you know, I had You're to kind of a legend for that though, Scott. I mean, <laughs> He's a we, legend we, for more yeah, than you can, that. We can, we, can, we can call you stupid for that, too, but we can also say, God damn, to have 100 mil to blow. It's kind of legendary. I bet you that movie, that'd be a hell of a movie. Wolf of Wall Street wouldn't have shit on that. I'm not going to talk about it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, it's going down right now, though, but I just don't want to, like, you know, talk about things prematurely. All right, we got more with Scott Storch. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Scott Storch. Yee. How did you yeah, respond man. to M Manny Fresh in that phone call, though? Because I know he apologized to you for that the next day. Like you said, he called you. What was your response? You guys are still cool, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I thought we were still cool. I mean, and then I seen this interview where he was like, Kind of like, you know, tripping on me. But well, what didn't you like? It is what it is. What did you like in the interview? What did you say that you thought was foul or you thought was wrong? For people that haven't seen that interview. The whole fact that, that I should be disqualified because I, I did co collabs and I, I like, it's whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. I could have chose a hundred other records that would have as well win, won those rounds that I did all by myself. Mm -hmm. how, how hard is it to be quiet about these classic records you made, though? Because, I mean, if you're making these records... And they blowing up, becoming the biggest records in the world, but you're not getting the credit for it. Like, how quiet is it to say, "Hey, that's me"? Bro, I'm paying my, I was paying my dues. You know what I'm saying? I got plenty of credit. I got plenty of pats on the back, awards, Grammys in my career. So we all gotta get where we gotta go. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of people that come up under producers. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's how they get. And you can't blame people because you know what? That big entity is providing a whole bunch of work and a whole bunch of placements and. You know, there's money involved in that, and you're growing, and that's just part of the part of the process, man. You said you're also working on your album right now, so tell us a little bit about that and what's done so far. I got my first single coming with Ozuna and Tyga. Okay, it's a monster. Mm -hmm. It's a monster. I signed to Atlantic Records, and uh, you know, uh, Kevin Weaver, who you know, the president of West Coast, he um, he he urged me to not just make a regular ass record. He was like, make a global smash so you can really make an impact first time out and mm -hmm. then everything from there a lot of people are going to want to jump on the project and understand what it is so let me ask you real soon let me ask you a question when um the house that you had in miami the one that birdman birdman purchased after you now when R rick ross did that verse and he talked about the you know the, the house and, and, and yeah, and all the negative and the, and the evilness and the, and the negativity in that house. What did you think about that when you heard it? What do you think? Do you think that that house has some negative juju in it? Accurate. Now, that house still has, I don't know, that house is cursed because I'm sure you know the history of what's going on even since me and Birdman have owned that house. I'm sure you've seen that house in the news. You know, there was average attendance of like 75 to 100 people a night in that house. And it was just all bad. Well, we live and we learn. Now, listen, do, do you still talk, talk to Dr. Dre? And, and if you do, does he get uh, upset about, you know, people knowing that you may have contributed to these records a lot more than, than people thought? I mean, Dr. Dre has a massive catalog, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't say that I participated in a, in a, a, a tenth of, of, of his stuff, but no, he's he's hella cool, you know what I mean? He's the, he's the conductor sometimes. Like, he plays a Quincy Jones role, like, 
he brings the best out of all of us. Like it was me, Mike Elizondo, and you know a, a couple of other cats that we was in there. Mailman. <laughs> Mailman. Yeah. Mailman was more like the MPC guy that would bring some sample ideas, but without Dre's touch on that, like, come on, this is Dr. Dre. He's literally, I learned so much from him and from being around him, and, and he knows how to pull the greatest stuff out of us, like, in terms of, I could play 100 keyboard parts, but, you know, it's him will be like, yo, that's it right there, and he knows, you know what I'm saying? So I went to the University of Dr. Dre. You know yeah, there's a rapper who told me they was in the studio with y'all, and uh, he, he wanted a Dr. Dre beat, and one of the A&Rs or somebody at the label goes, look, you can get a Dr. Dre beat and pay X, Y, Z amount of money, or you can just get it from the white guy over there playing the keys because he's going to make the beat anyway. <laughs> I don't know. That might have been whoever that was, something that Dre wasn't interested in working on. That I, Maybe I, I took advantage of some of his, his extra shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But look, what Dre is much more than just a producer. Like, he's a... He's a, a record mogul. Like, he's sold a lot of records on his labels over the years. He's made stars, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to blossom into somebody that does that. I, I wasted a lot of time in my career not developing artists, and, and you know, that there's always a better late than never, you know what I'm saying? So I'm doing that now. I'm starting out with my album, and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. hoping to break some new artists and, and – um, and get to that point, you know what I'm saying? But, no, nah, Dre and I are hella cool. You know, he, he calls me from time to time. He's one of the few people that will call you on your birthday or on Christmas and wish you a, a Merry Christmas and stuff like that. We keep on hearing about how producer money nowadays isn't the same as how it used to be when people were getting those huge bags because people's budgets aren't the same, right? So how is that now, just getting money for a beat? You know, is there other things that you look at, like the back end, or how is it to get a Scott Storch beat nowadays? Yeah. I mean, really, like, when you look at a price tag for a beat, um, it's called a producer advance, and that's against your royalties. Your not publishing royalties, but your mechanical royalties. And, like, the more you take up front, the longer it's going to take to recoup. So if you make mm -hmm. a good record and they're selling, you're making money. Like, these kids out here are not getting little publishing deals. There's, there's some cats that get two or three records off, and the publishers get excited, and they catch in a $2, 3000000 million check off of that. You know what I mean? So... I think the money has gotten a lot better and they've learned how to make money off of streaming and, and you know, you just need to um, be uh, putting your all and heart and soul into these records so they go. So they go, you make money. All right, we got more with Scott Storch. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Scott Storch, producer Charlemagne. Yo, you know what, Scott? I, uh, also, too, during the battle, man, I saw that you uh, you gave you gave Manny props a lot, and you also said that he inspired Make It Rain. I think Manny had Manny was too busy trying to get a skit off. How, how did Manny inspire Make It Rain? Just like you know, like the horns that I use, like da -da 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 like that mm -hmm. like, triumphant sounding, like. You know, that was that was like really. I remember Joe being like, "Yo, they called it some South back in the day." You know what I'm saying? So like, we was uh, attempting to do that that South thing, and and you know, he was like, "Yo, we need to change it up." You know, come out of New York for a second and do some do something like that, and I, it worked. You know, what I mean? so mm -hmm. so yeah, it kind of inspired me, like listening to records like that. You know, but my catalog, I feel like. I've, I've always been a pioneer and, and, and created new sounds, and I'm, I'm like a schizophrenic of music. Like, I've, 
I, I can go make an R&B record, a West Coast hip-hop record, an East Coast, whatever. You know, I, I pride myself on creating, like, that Middle Eastern sound, on sort of being part of the resurgence of the new West Coast sound in the, in the early 2000s and going from, like, all that P-Funk, you know, type stuff that was going on on the West to where I brought in the keyboard and, the, and the, um, the, the strings and all this orchestral stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, that was part of my wave. I had a few different waves. I mean, I'm going before that. I feel like me, Quest Love, and a couple other cats would be partially responsible for the birth of Neo Soul in Philly because mm-hmm. I lived in Philly. And, like, me, James Poyser, and all these guys that we had this keyboard called the Fender Rhodes, this warm-sounding, soulful keyboard. And we sort of evolved that sound into what it became. How are we supposed to know that if you don't get credit, Scott? I mean, I got credit. <laughs> I, I, I got credit on 90% of the music that I made, man. Okay. You know, my, Scott, okay. What would, I went down as producer and writer on You Got Me <laughs> for the roof. Scott, what would you tell gotcha. some of these younger producers now, right, that are trying to get themselves in position and are being offered opportunities but maybe not to get the credit but to be able to produce for other people just to get into position? Is that something that you feel like at some point a young producer who's trying to come up has to do? Or how do you get yourself... Uh, in that space where you can negotiate more? Or do you think you got to just kind of pay your dues? I would never, like, give my give a, a, up something entirely. I would um, always try and negotiate for at least writers. If you're working with a big producer alongside of them, at least get your name on these records and start earning publishing shares and then evolve into that. And, you know, don't spend your whole life sitting up under somebody you know, you need to, you know, use that to gain experience and see how the game goes. And then, you know, you just got to start submitting stuff on your own. You know what I'm saying? You got to, like, do it, mm-hmm. do it by yourself. You know, Fat Joe and Terror Squad almost beat me up over Make It Rain and um, uh, Clap and Revolve them back in the day because I just didn't understand why Fat Joe was making Down South records. I mean, because I'm from the South, and, you know, I, I, I got love for all types of music, but I just felt like Fat Joe, the, the super hip-hop guy from the Bronx digging in the crates, Shouldn't have been doing Down South Records. I appreciate the record now, but back then, I had a lot of critique about it, and I used to write for Ozone Magazine, and I didn't even think Fat Joe knew who the hell I was, and then I ended up on a plane with Fat Joe and the Terror Squad, and they let me live. I mean, you know, Joe was living down there in Miami. <laughs> you know, he was doing his thing, yeah. and, and, and that was the wave, and you're going to turn the radio on every day. He needs to stay on the pulse of everything. You know, I, I think, I, I think he, he did it tastefully, and um, having, uh, you know, little Wayne on the hook, you know, that, that didn't hurt either. Before I go, though, I just wanted to tell y'all um, about what I'm doing real quick. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm opening up a rehab center right now in, in, in California. Um, it's a 200-patient oh, wow. facility where we're using cannabis to heal people off of more harmful substances. And um, I really believe that we are going to raise the success rate in recovery with this. Wow, is that wow. the first of its kind? Yeah, and, and like the 12-step program is outdated. That was written 50, 100 years ago, whatever it was. That shit ain't working, man. It's these, these um, you know, painkillers and opiates and alcohol and all that stuff, like that stuff is literally like, a, that's an epidemic too, man. Like it's, it's, really, it's really messing up a lot of people. And I know that I was saved by quitting cocaine after eight years and never looked back, and I just picked up a pound of weed, and I've been smoking. It helped me with anxiety and getting through the whole recovery process. So 
I'm trying to pass that 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 on, man. That's a recipe that works. Now, does weed really help with anxiety? Because I, I I suffer from anxiety real bad, and I tried to smoke, but I smoked sativa, and that made my anxiety go through the roof. No, yeah, no, sativa might intensify. You want to smoke either a hybrid or an indica, or you know, like you know, edibles and stuff. Like, it, it helps with a lot of things. It helps with sleeping disorders. Yeah, some nice gummies wow. will help you sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I think, I think, um, I can help almost everybody with this. You know what I'm saying? That 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 has drug problems. That's what got you clean? Was it the weed? I, well, it was my will, and the weed. I helped a lot. I believe. 100%. So, did you ever right. do like a 12-step program? Or didn't work. <laughs> did well, you're like I should know. <laughs> in a rehab center, and I had a Ferrari parked out. I left after 45 days inpatient, took the Ferrari to my coke dealer's house, and got high that first night. So you tell Damn. me. Damn. So what finally made you say, you know what? I'm gonna kick the habit. This weed is gonna help my willpower. Cause I mean, I love what you're doing. I love the idea of that that uh, the facility you're building. But clearly, you were the guinea pig for that. Yeah, 100. Um, percent You know what? I met this girl. This girl Florence, man, and you know that she's. We just had a baby together. We still together. This was five years ago, and she was like, "Yo, smoke some weed. You're at your best on weed, and all this other. Shit, leave it alone." She painted me into a corner, and I, you know, I, I just like, I just thought about my whole life, like, "Yo, it's either die, go to jail, or get sober," and that was mm -hmm. it. Where do you end the Scott Storch movie? Like the movie that you're doing. Where does it end? Like, where do you say, "Okay"? I'm still writing the last chapters right now. Hopefully it ends with the success of my new album and my Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So is, is it gonna be is it gonna be a book, then a movie or just movie? I mean is it's gonna there's gonna be a couple different projects going. I'll, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm already in talks about doing a book deal with fifty cent. I got a couple other projects that are, are going and a major, major movie is going down. That's all I can say. Dope. Watching that for sure. That's dope. That's I mean, that's gonna literally be like the Wolf of Wall Street meets hip hop. That's gonna be dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, well, shout to Scott Storch for joining us. Now, Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes, we are going to talk about Kanye West. He's in a new profile with GQ magazine, and he talks about a lot of things like who he's supporting mm -hmm. to be the next president, also being a functioning alcoholic, and also people who criticized his latest album, Jesus is King. All right, well, don't move. Rumors in minutes. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kanye. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Kanye West did an interview for GQ magazine, and he talked about a lot of things like how much he loves Donald Trump. He said, both my parents were freedom fighters and they used to drink from fountains they were told they couldn't drink from. And they used to sit in restaurants where they were told they couldn't eat from. They didn't fight for me to be told by white people which white person I can vote on. Then he said, I buy real estate. It's better now than when Obama was in office. They don't teach you in school about buying property. They teach you how to become somebody's property. He also goes on to talk about voting. And he said, I'm definitely voting this time and we know who I'm voting on. And I'm not going to be told by the people around me and the people that have their agenda that my career is going to be over. Because guess what? I'm still here. Jesus is King was number one. I was told my career would end if I wasn't with her. What kind of campaign is that anyway? That's like if Obama's campaign was I'm with black. What's the point of being a celebrity if you can't have an opinion? He's oh, Kanye. 
He's oh, right. Kanye, he's right. He's right. I mean, I want to tell right. him shut the f up forever, but he's right because it's his opinion. But I, I, he has the right to say what he wants to say, and I have the right Correct. to tell him he sounds stupid when he says it. Uh, I personally think he sounds stupid, but that's only because I don't think he's all the way informed. Because if you have a conversation and you talk about your parents and the civil liberties they didn't have, why would you support somebody who is actually stripping away people's civil liberties? Why would you talk about your parents being marginalized and oppressed, but support somebody who's actually marginalizing and oppressing other people? It makes any no sense to me, but and do you People thing, always want to know what happened to that Kanye that said George Bush doesn't care about black people, and he said That's George Bush doesn't care, doesn't care about black people is a victim statement. This white person didn't do something for us. That is stemmed in victim mentality. Every day I have to look in the mirror like I'm Robert De Niro and tell myself you are not a slave. As, as outspoken as I am and the position Robert that I'm in, I need to tell myself, I don't know. <laughs> you know the, the, Why would he be looking in the mirror seeing Robert De Niro? The sad thing not about Kanye is the, you know, even though he does a lot, makes a lot of stupid moves and a lot of stupid things which I don't understand, he also does a lot of good and he does a lot of giving back and he does a lot of helping. But it's, it's, That's it's, a fact. I'm, I'm confused because he does a lot for our people. A lot of people don't, don't see. He does a lot of give backs. He pays for a lot of things that's behind the scenes. But then he rides for this president that does nothing for our people. So I'm confused sometimes with him, you know? Here, here, here's the thing. There's nothing to be confused about when it comes to Kanye because this is the Kanye that we've always known. Kanye has always gone against the grain. When everybody goes left, Kanye goes right. It just so happens that right now he's going right, literally. That's it. Mm -hmm. Now, he was also good friends with Kobe and in the GQ um, interview, and a lot of people were taking this qu quote. He says, Kobe was the basketball version of me. And, um, you know, basically he's saying that they were one and the same. He said, one thing I thought was really amazing is that we were able to find a groove with the photograph today, even as out of it as I was with the loss of Kobe. We were just able to go to the court and play ball because he's on the basketball court for part of this. So yeah, I've always felt that way. For years. Mm -hmm. I've, I've always said that when I'm doing basketball analogies with rap. I say uh, Jay-Z is Jordan, uh, Kanye is Kobe, and um, Drake is LeBron. I've, I've, I've always said that. People disagree with me when I say Kanye and Kobe, but I feel that. All right, now, Kanye also talks about people who trashed his last album, Jesus is King. He said he enjoys making the music that satisfies him most. He said, I'm just focusing on myself, you know, music to drive by, music for me. I actually think Sunday service is like the Wu-Tang Clan of choirs. When you first heard Wu-Tang, it sounded completely different. It sounded more aggressive. It even sounded, I think, artists are so concerned with perfectionism. All these people say Dark Fantasy was this album that was so good, and then people didn't like 808. They didn't like Jesus, Dark Fantasy. I just made it to that level because people were saying my career was going to be over so uh he talks about being a functioning alcoholic he said he hasn't had a drink since i realized i needed to take it day by day i never owned up or even was told hey you're a functioning alcoholic people have called me a crazy person people have called me everything but not a functioning alcoholic he said one day i was in my office working on the couture collection and there was some great goose in the fridge and i was going to get a daytime drink and i looked and thought devil you're not going to beat me today that's good <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm saying because they, they say yeah. the, the, the the first uh, what they say the first sign of alcoholism is denial. So the fact that you knew that you was a functioning alcoholic and you you know you took it you took it by the reins and slowed it down that's good. But in reference to his Jesus is King album, um, the worst part of that album was Kanye West. The production was was dope. The, the, the wackest part of that the, the wackest part of that whole album was actually him. I think that he should have got other rappers and let rappers rap about their experience with. God, their experience with a higher power. Go grab people like Lecrae, and not just Lecrae. Go grab Styles P and Jada. Like just people, let people get on there and tell their experiences about God. That would have been dope because he but that was, was his story. That whole album. 
that was his story. Maybe the next one he'll do that, but that was his story. He wanted to get that off his chest, though, you know? Well, I just All thought right. he was, was the worst part now, of the album. Now let's talk about some beef that went down on Wild and Out. So, Emmanuel Hudson, who's part of the cast, versus Spoken Reasons. The two of them had worked together back in 2012 on a video that they collaborated on. It has over 66 million views on YouTube. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. And people were wondering why they haven't collaborated since then because it felt like they were going to be a tag team comedy duo. Well, this all came out on Wild Out. Here is Emmanuel Hudson, uh, actually. And you know how when they diss each other, here's what happened. You want to tell the people why we never did another video? Five years. Tired of being merciful. Nick, I know this is wild style, but this one is personal. Y'all remember asking all them questions? Yeah. You know it came with a big check. Until he snatched it from me. Then he went missing and started acting funny. Uh -oh. To tell the truth, Nick, I really want to smack this dummy. Uh -oh. but act stupid. I know you're mad, Clueless. The only reason why you on this show because my name was attached to it. Oh. So I'm going to put you in your place. Your most viewed video shows nothing but my face. So tell the people right now before I get mad and start to rise. You got a chance to clear your name right now, Apologize. And man, you sound like he had them bars written for years. <laughs> he was waiting like, for that one. He couldn't, he couldn't wait to get that. He was waiting for that one. Emmanuel was sitting and at home shadow boxing with that pin right in that verse, boy. He definitely threw Spoken Reason off because here is how Spoken Reason responded. Now, E-Man, E-Man, there's a lot of hostility in the room. That's a fact. We could start a fight. I had to call your mama to put you in your first video with me. I put you on your first flight. Well, we about to get on your ass. <laughs> yeah, he definitely couldn't really respond. <laughs> he wasn't ready. Oh, oh you got to fart. Hey, fart on Spoke's comeback, man. I like Spoke, though. I like Spoke and I like Emmanuel. I've always liked both of those brothers, man. Um, I think Spoke's calling is a little bit higher uh, right now than comedy. Like, Spoken Reasons, he does, like, a lot of real positive spoken word. And I like what he does. You know, uh, he's he be out in the wildlife. He fishes a lot. Mm. And I actually, I actually like... Watching Spoke, you know, do that. But salute to Spoke and Emmanuel, man. I, I really like both of those young brothers. Always have. Well, according to Gossip of the City, they fought after that. So I don't know if that's, that's not, true or not. That's not, that's not true. That's How not true? That is, that is not true. Because that's not, that is absolutely, positively, 100% not true. They did not have a fist fight. It was heated on stage, but they did not have a fist fight afterward. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. But if they did, who would win? Uh, I don't know, man. Them two country boys. Them two country boys get down. You know, country boys be having that hidden strength. You know, spoke from Florida. I think Emmanuel from Georgia, Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. I don't Emmanuel know. Emmanuel was I more mean, prepared for the moment. So I would say he <laughs> he had those bars ready. He probably was ready to fight. <laughs> if, if that'd be a nice little kerfuffle. My goodness. All right. Take somebody, well, take somebody with some strength to break that one up. All right. Well, thank you for that rumor report. Now, up next, mm -hmm. donkey. Who you giving that donkey to? We need, uh... President Donald J. Trump's senior counselor, Kellyanne Conway, to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with her. She thinks that COVID-19 is a pair of Georgias. We'll talk about it. All right, we'll get into that next. And don't forget, next hour, Ask Ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, get on the phone lines right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Donkey of the day. I'm a Democrat, so being donkey of the day is a little bit of a mixed question. So like a donkey. Okay. Donkey of the day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but donkey of the day is a new one.
Donkey of the Day for Thursday, April 16th goes to senior counselor to our celebrity-in-chief, Donald J. Trump. Now, sidebar, I had a dream about Donald Trump last night. I told y'all that earlier. I was uh, sitting front row somewhere, and he was speaking, and he slapped me on the back of the neck, told me I was trouble, and motioned to have me removed. I don't know what that was about. If anyone knows what the hell that is about, hit me on the gram, at C to God, C-T-H-A-G-O-D. Hit me and let me know what that was about. Follow me, too. Why not? But Kellyanne Conway, you ever wonder why the president sounds stupid? It's because he is. But the people around him clearly are, too. This is a prime example of you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I don't care how rich these people are, what their position in life is. These people just aren't smart. And the fact that Donald Trump has the confidence to think that he's the smartest person in the room that he's in is because of people like Kellyanne Conway. Now, I know what you're thinking, Charlemagne. I've heard you speak. You're not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary either. That is a fact. But when I don't know something, I don't pretend to. But Kellyanne Conway does. Oh, when she doesn't know something, she clearly will still act like she's the brightest person in the room, and she will say stupidity with a whole lot of confidence. See, Kellyanne Conway was on Fox and Friends yesterday morning, and she was asked about Trump's decision Tuesday to revoke U.S. funding for the WHO the World Health Organization. This is how she replied. Some of the scientists and doctors say that there could be other strains later on. This can come back in the fall in a limited way. Uh, this is COVID-19, not COVID-1, folks. And so you would think the people charged with the World Health Organization uh, facts and figures would be right. on top of that. That this is just a pause right now. So there's an investigation, examination to what happened, but people should know the facts. First of all, I guarantee, and I keep thinking about this, I guarantee the first time Donald Trump heard about the Who, he thought it was the rock band. I know he did. And I Stupid. wish cameras were there to catch it, okay? I, I, I wish cameras were there to catch it. But back to Kellyanne Conway. I don't think y'all heard what she said. It's this one particular part that is causing her to get the credit she deserves for being stupid today. But play that one little part, Drum. This is COVID-19, not COVID-1, folks. People should know the facts. What Kellyanne Conway is saying, uh, that the Who the health organization who Donald Trump keeps confusing for the rock band had 18 previous chances to tell the world about COVID-19. Kellyanne Conway is saying, uh, we watched COVID one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 all happened. But the who didn't tell the world about it until COVID-19. I am so glad my mother, who has been an English teacher in Berkeley County for over 30 plus years, I am so glad she told me to read everything, read things that don't pertain to me. Uh, that way, at the least, you'll be filled with a bunch of random information that you can use on Jeopardy. Uh, I have forgotten more than some people have learned, but something I read recently stands out to me. This is, I have retained this bit of information, and I would think Donald Trump's senior counselor would have read this and uh, retained it in their mind as well. COVID-19 is called COVID-19 for one reason simply because it emerged in 2019. I, I, I swear, I just want to be as mediocre as some white people are allowed to be and still be able to hold some of the most powerful positions in the land. On February 11th, the WHO, you know, that organization Donald Trump keeps confusing for a rock band and that group he doesn't listen to because he was more of a Rolling Stone, Led Zeppelin kind of guy. The WHO put out a whole statement back on February 11th explaining why they named it COVID-19. And that reason is simply because it's short for coronavirus disease 2019. 
This is a damn shame. Can we play what Kellyanne Conway said one more time? Just to, just a shortened version, John. Play that one more time. This is COVID-19, not COVID-1, folks. People should know the facts. This woman really thinks that COVID-19 is a pair of Jordans. She really thinks there were 18 versions of COVID-19 before this one. I'm telling you right now, people, the reason Kellyanne Conway and Donald Trump don't listen to the Who is because they like the Rolling Stones better. That's why he halted the funding on the Who, because he would rather give it to the doors. All right? These people are stupid. And don't ever look at them and think you can accomplish anything you want to in America because of them. Don't ever let them be a case of optimism for you. Because as soon as you say to yourself as a black person in America that if Donald Trump can be the president and Kellyanne Conway, who is worth $39 million, can be her, his senior advisor, whenever you think you can accomplish what they have, just remember they're white. But I will say that I pray every single marginalized person on this planet at least has the confidence of a mediocre white person. Chelsea Handler, please handle my white work. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan mayonnaise. All right. Well, thank you for that dog here today. Yes, indeed. Up next, ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need a question or you have a question for ye, call her right now. She'll help you out with all your problems. All right, call her now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Oh, this is Vaughn. Vaughn, what's up, bro? What's your question for Ye? All right, so check it. Listen, man. Um, well, Charlemagne, I know this from Florida stuff, <laughs> all real. But check it. So about three, four weeks ago, Tampa don't like St. Pete. We over there in St. Pete. You know what I'm saying? I really don't like St. Pete. You know what I'm saying? But it's my wife's family or whatever. So, so we chill. You know what I'm saying? I'm going over there by like two o'clock. It's about six o'clock. I'm like, all right. She was like, my dad coming. He don't get over there like nine o'clock. He was like, he want to play in spades or whatever. We play Uh-oh. in spades. We we tell, you know, I don't even talk noise. I don't really talk noise like that. So I'm like, I'm going to beat the falling car. You can't beat that. Oh, you can't beat that. <laughs> so I'm just killing him. I, I went like four games. So he back on the table. My wife like, Bon, just chill, just chill. He, she see he getting mad. But I'm like, I ain't saying nothing outlandish. I ain't cursing or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so boom, like I quit. And she she go get the kids. She going to go get the kids. So. He stand up. He like, man, I'm trying to play cards. What you trying to do? I said, I'm trying to play cards. What you trying to do? He swung on me. Uh oh. He swung on you? My goodness. He got that prison mentality. He done did like 16 years in prison. You feel me? So he get out like 2016 or whatever. So he got his two girlfriends over there or whatever. So he trying to, he trying to hang. You feel me? Trying to. So I take him up and through there, but I ain't swing. I just break everything. Like, I'm just throwing them everywhere. Like, boy, you crazy. So his nephew come over, like her cousin, her nephew come over and steal me. Boom. Now I'm by myself. I'm in St. Pete. I'm from Tampa. I'm by Mm-mm-mm. myself. I'm trying, to chill. I'm trying to chill. I'm trying to chill. But you know what I'm saying? We get out of the, the auntie like, don't call the police to my house. I'm like, don't call the police. I ain't never called 911 a day in my life. But she like, don't call right. the police to my house. Boom. So anyway, long story. We, <laughs> I'm still I'm still hot right now. I still need five minutes to go for Oh my gosh. Y'all gotta listen, let's be clear. People will get into a fight over a game of spades. That's kind of the initiator. Were y'all drinking? Yeah, I was drinking. He was drinking, but I'm you know what I'm saying? He even picked up a bottle and swung it at me. 
I'm going to tell you something. The one time when I was growing up, there was a big fight. It was my 21st birthday. I had a party at my parents' house, and the fight was over a game of spades, and somebody did grab a bottle, break it, try to stab somebody. Someone pulled out a baseball bat, a gun. They broke through the glass. Things got very out of hand. At your family house? Yes. My dad will tell you this story. And I'm going to tell you who was involved in that fight. Benny Boom, (laughs) the director. But anyway... Um, so I will say a couple of things. Your girl was telling you to chill. Your wife was telling you to chill because she knows her dad, right? Right. And you didn't chill. Right. And then things escalated. Hmm? That part. Yeah, I still need five minutes. Right. I still need five minutes. (laughs) So the issue, you don't want to be fighting with your your wife's father. Like, that's just out of order. It's unnecessary. Y'all ain't even got no real problem with each other, right? Right. I'm from Florida, though. Okay. What does that mean? What does that got to do with anything? You know what it means, Envy. <laughs> Y'all Listen, me. what's more important to you? Your wife? I don't even want Or your pride? Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, nothing, block numbers, everything. Everything got to go. I'm a Libra also. Like, I keep telling her, oh, like, Lord. listen, man, you got to... You got to get rid of all that. I don't even play. Like your aunt, she's the one that said, don't talk. The, uh, don't call the police to the house. I'm like, I'm cool with her. The, the uh, daughter, I'm cool with that one. But the rest of them, they did nothing. You can't you can't have no conversation. Or we can just go ahead and, you know, somebody. You can't, you can't tell her she can't talk to her family. Who can't? That's her family. <laughs> Who can't? Come, don't, make that woman, don't make that woman choose between her man and her family now. Come on, that's not fair. Why not? Goodness gracious! What if she told? What if she told you she don't want you talking to your family members? I have to respect that we won. Listen, if you guys are one, what does she think about all this? Because you also have to being one also means you got to respect her feelings. Also, it ain't just she got to do what you want. Um, you're not giving me no good answer. <laughs> I'm not giving you the answer you want to hear, right? What is she saying about this? What is your wife saying? Nothing. She was fighting with me. Okay, so y'all are one. That's good. <laughs> she was fighting with you. She was on your side, right? Yeah. Listen, yeah. First, I'll say this. Thank goodness for this quarantine for you guys right now because you have no reason to be around those people. Am I right? You're right. You're right. So maybe what needs to happen is you need a cool down period. I've been trying. I'm telling you, I can't even sleep at night right now. I can't even go to sleep. It, it happened like three weeks ago. I ain't been to sleep. You got, and you might have some anger issues, sir. I do. I do. So this is a great time for you to be working on yourself, right? You should never let somebody else affect you to the point where you can't sleep at night. You don't get it. <laughs> you want your five minutes, huh? Hey, Charlamagne, now? Yeah. I'm right here, King. You want, him, you want him to tell you to fight your, your uh, wife's dad? Uh, I'm listening to you. Dig a hole for yourself. One question, one question. But Charlemagne, I'm from Myrtle Beach. I moved to HC. So you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't ah. <laughs> Boy, like you don't sit your dumb ass down somewhere. What you need to do is you need to do some online therapy right now. Talk to somebody about these anger issues that you're having. Might not be a bad idea, and I already know what you're gonna say about this. But it might not be a bad idea for you to go and look up some YouTube videos and learn how to do some meditation and some yoga so you can center yourself. But what I will tell you is this. One thing you have to learn, and I've learned this too, is do not let other people control your emotions. Do not let other people control your anger. Once they start doing that, they have control over you. 
you have to learn how to take control of yourself. And you can only re, uh, only thing you can do is handle how you react to other people. Okay. So take control of yourself, your emotions and all of those things. And don't give people that power where you're up at night. You're right. I learned some karate, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I up and through that, bro. You tripping. All right, go learn some karate. Go online right now. It's a good time to learn some karate, bro. Hey, go go make go make love to your wife. How about that? Right, I did call in today. <laughs> they got right. a lot of online boxing, a lot of online karate. Learn <laughs> learn something, brother. Good luck. <laughs> Ask. I'm nice with it. Envy, envy. I'm nice with the hands. I was trying to be respectable. And that old man, man threw you all around it, that house. Yeah, that, that old man screen. He put that old man screen on your ass, <laughs> and you couldn't do nothing with it. And that's okay. Respect your elders. That's all God tried to show you. Respect your oh, elders. I, I bet you won't. Re- I- I feel like what really happened is her father beat you up and you want to make sure you get some revenge. I don't That's know. Exactly That's exactly what, what it happened. Feels like. And you like, yep. this is what I should have did. I could have did this. I want to go back and prove myself. No, you took the L because you love your wife. That's all. Respect your, respect your elders. And here's the thing. Her father would never respect you anyway, so he definitely don't respect you after he whipped your ass. <laughs> All right, well, have a good one, man. Ask you. He hung up on us. He definitely hung up. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit E right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Kiera. Hey, what's your question for Yee? So, my question is, um, I call my boyfriend um, writing other girls, but he would delete the messages. And I also found uh, private pictures in his phone under the deleted folder, but he wasn't sending them to me. Uh, now, I asked him not to, like, delete the messages to the other girls. I don't mind him messaging other girls, but I did went through his phone again, and I found that he was still deleting the messages. Uh, so when you say private pictures, what are these pictures? Pictures of his private areas. So he's sending, uh, <laughs> he was sending penis pictures out to other girls. Yes. Well, I don't know if it was to other girls, but I found it under his deleted folder. It could have been other so guys. Yeah, it could have. So he's sending them to somebody. Yeah. Whether it's other girls or other guys. And you still consider this man your boyfriend right now? Yeah. All right. That's interesting. So <laughs> he, you've, you've confronted him about this before. He hasn't stopped this behavior, right? Right. So now you already know what it is. He's showing you, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. You caught me. I'm still doing it. And you're still staying with him. So what is it that you expect to happen or change? I expect him to stop. I, I haven't found any more pictures, but I don't mm-hmm. know if he's just still being, like, very more secretive about what he's doing and deleting everything. Or he says they're just his friends from high school, but he's still, like, deleting the messages. I haven't seen anything, like, that he's saying that he's cheating, but if you're not doing anything, why are you deleting messages? Yeah, that's very suspicious. So, and you already don't trust him. So the fact that he is giving you more reason to not trust him and in your heart, if he's deleting messages, why do you think he's deleting them? Because he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. Exactly. So it sounds like the root of this is really the trust issues that you guys have. The fact that you've already caught him doing things. You checked him on it. You gave him another chance and he's still continuing to do the same things that you told him not to do. Now all you can do is 
you have to control what you're about to what's about to happen next, right? So are you going to continue to stay with him and just tell him not to do something that he's going to keep on doing, or are you actually going to do something that is going to uh, be a deal breaker for the relationship where you're saying, if you don't stop doing these things I've asked you to stop doing, then we are not going to be in a relationship anymore? I mean, we've been together for so long, it's like it's hard to just walk away. I'm not saying you have to walk away, but you have to let him know that there is a chance that this could break up your relationship. Because I'm sure things like this affect how you guys feel toward each other. You, it affects your affection toward each other. And you have to make some ground rules and have some ultimatums. Yeah. It seems like he's not taking it seriously. He's doing what he wants to do, and he's still in a relationship because you feel like you have to settle for this because you've been in it for so long. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, I feel... I feel stupid when you put it that way because I never thought about it like that. You have to have more respect for yourself and say, I deserve more than this. And you have to tell yourself, if he doesn't abide by these things that I think are basic principles of a relationship, then he doesn't respect me. Right. So I do hope that y'all manage to work it out, and I hope that he stops this behavior. But don't think that you have to feel like I have to be with him because we've been together for so long. You're right. I think it's worth trying to work it out, but he's got to make some effort, too. It can't just be you. Yeah, you're right. All right. Sounds like you outside, girl. I am. You working? No, I just got off work, so I'm headed home. All right. Well, listen, have that conversation with him and explain it to him. If he loves you, then he should want you to be happy. I will. She don't seem too good, She sounds so depressed. I'm sorry. She does. All right. Well, ask ye, 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call ye at any time. Now, we got rumors on the way, ye. Yeah, speaking of relationships, Big Sean and Janae Aiko were on Instagram Live yesterday, and we'll tell you about some of the things they discussed, which includes OnlyFans and marriage. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, so the baby, his album is coming out tomorrow. Blame it on baby. And what we know so far from his post is that future Roddy Rich, Megan Thee Stallion, Ashanti, NBA Youngboy, Quavo, and A Boogie are all on that album as well. So it uh, should be a good one. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I mean, we all sitting around quarantine. We ain't doing nothing else. And uh, I like the fact that baby's keeping his foot on these folks' neck. Coming from Charlotte, North Carolina, so I'm going to be listening to that. Yeah, I want to hear some all right. music. Other things that are going on while we're all quarantined. Wiz Khalifa, Cameron, Dave East, they're all taking part in the world's biggest smoke session. They're doing a live-streamed 420 day. So I don't know if y'all are planning to participate, but Wiz is going to be doing a DJ set. He's going to host a smoke session online for people. And they're going to have some performances as well. So also on the bill, uh, Stephen Mar- Marley, Arlie, Ari Lennox, uh, Burner, Alchemist, Shantae Wayans will be in the building. A whole lot of people. So just so y'all know, mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, live streamed. And Billy Ray I mean, Cyrus I, 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 is going to be doing an acoustic set. I think it's going to be more people getting high this year than ever before, especially because a lot of people are quarantined because I don't smoke. But I'm damn sure I'm trying to get some weed for 420 or edible or something. But don't they say that, you know, smoking, especially weed and marijuana now, is 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 dangerous right now with the with the COVID-19 because it attacks the lungs, they say? And I thought they said smoking, you should refrain they from smoking yeah, they, as much as possible. 
Yeah, they said if you're, uh, you know, a heavy smoker, it could. I mean, there's a lot of things that people are saying right now, so I don't know. But uh, what about if you quarantine like, in what I, and don't I have it? No, they, they are advising fans though to smoke on their own. By the way, so if you're at home, just yeah, I wouldn't pass that. Nah, <laughs> nope, I wouldn't pass anything in your house to your wife. Oh yeah, I mean to your wife, but That's I mean what other I'm than that, you at home, I, you quarantined, like you, you just, if, if just you, definitely not with the homies. Yeah, no, I, I don't even want to see them. On 420. I ain't seen him in four weeks. Why would I see them now? All right. Now, Centoya Brown, there's a Netflix documentary that's going to be streaming. Uh, Murder to Mercy, the Centoya Brown story. That's going to be on Netflix. And they have put out the trailer. And here's the trailer. Yeah, it's over now. I got eyes. Centoya Brown shot Johnny Allen. I shot him because I thought he was going to shoot me. This young woman didn't get a fair shake. She was a 16-year-old runaway, beaten, pimped, and raped. When you go through sexual abuse as a child, you build hate. I really just never felt like anybody loved me. However, Centoya Brown-Long says that she has nothing to do with this unauthorized documentary. She posted, while I was still incarcerated, a producer who has old footage of me made a deal with Netflix for an unauthorized documentary set to be released soon. My husband and I were as surprised as everyone else when we first heard the news because we did not participate in any way. However, I am currently in the process of sharing my story in the right way in full detail and in a way that depicts and respects the woman I am today. While I pray that this film highlights things wrong in our justice system, I had nothing to do with it. It's amazing to me that um, uh, people... I, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, yeah, I just can't do like a documentary people, on you and you don't have yeah. to say Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I, I hate can that. People, I can't, how can people I can't get access to your that. life like that? Like, how, well, ca how can somebody that, just have footage of you and use it? Especially well, when it's yours. She let, she let him, I guess, you know, at that time, film her. And now he's taking this old footage from back then and made a deal with that footage without her being involved. Mm. All right, now, speaking of movies, shout out to Romney Malco. You know him from 40-Year-Old Virgin. You know him from Think Like a Man. He has a new movie, a comedy movie that he wrote, and it's based on a character, Tijuana Jackson, who is a self-proclaimed self motivational speaker who went to jail, and now he's trying to get some work, and so he made this movie independently, and it just got picked up. He said no one in their right mind would get behind such an outrageously controversial character, and that says a lot about Cranked Up, so now... They have done a deal with Cranked Up Film to that movie to come to On Demand. It's going to be out uh, July 10th. So shout out to Romney. Mm-hmm. And Big Sean and Janae Aiko, they were on Instagram Live, and people were excited to see the two of them together. First of all, they had to discuss OnlyFans. Start an OnlyFans. What is that? I don't know. I just see people talking about OnlyFans. I think it's when they... Same people. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen a... <laughs> I do not. I don't even know how to do no, no only thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I, 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 I'll figure that out for you then. Cause when you're flying, stutter, 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 stutter. Go, go, bye. Go to OnlyFans. Why the hell would I ever be on this? Is it an app or? I don't know what it is. I truly don't know what it is. No, I don't know what it is. Hundred percent. Yeah, I believe both Big Sean and Janae know what OnlyFans is. I told y'all yesterday, you about to see a lot of your favorite rappers, bro. They're going to be having them OnlyFans pages. They're not going on tour until 2021 in the fall. They say contracts may not come back. You about to see a lot of uh, your favorite artists on OnlyFans doing some strange things for some change. <laughs> I hope not, man. All right, and Janae Echo, she told Big Sean, you know, you sh when are you going to marry me? You look good, for sure. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Why don't you marry me? 
It's in the works. Whatever. I don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, bye. Hey, be safe. I love you. See safe, cuz. I love you, too. So it sounds like the two of them at some point will... Uh, be together forever. But in the meantime, oddly enough, I think they both said that they were single. So I don't know what's going on, if they're back together, what's happening, but it sounds like they can't leave each other alone. Now, Big Sean... No, they clearly, talk- they, they're clearly not quarantining with each other. No. I thought I'd seen them with each other, though. I did think i seen them with each other maybe a couple of weeks ago. Maybe they're in separate rooms in the house. Who knows? <laughs> and for everybody waiting for Big Sean's album, here's what he had to say about putting out an album during this pandemic on the Rat Pack pa- podcast. I mean, my thing was I was going to drop it now, but at the same time, it's just like we've had to like readjust a few things. So it's nothing crazy, just a little readjustment. You hear things about how streams are down and all these things, but I also believe in making music for a cause, for a purpose. I truly feel like that's why, I, especially this project, it got songs that relate to me right now, and I feel like it's timely, you know, especially for these times that we're in. So I do feel the responsibility to, no matter what, get it out. I think it's best to put out music when you got a captive audience. I mean, I know you can't run around and promote it like you you, you probably want to, but honestly, do artists even have to do that anymore? Do you have to make those rounds like you used to? Well, I guess at first when he was going to put it out in March, he was waiting to see what was going to happen because we didn't know. We were hearing different things. But now it looks like we're, you know, we're still locked down. Some artists are like, I want to wait. I don't know. I I can't say what is the best thing to do. It's going to be interesting to see what the baby does this week. Tory Lanez did, what, 70,000 last week? And that's just him engaging with his fans on social media. That's his his form of promotion. So it's just like, drop it, Sean. I'm, I would listen to new Big Sean right now, but I'm a Big Sean. I'm a Big Sean guy. I like Big yeah, Sean. Yeah, just, so. just drop the music. I want to hear some new music. You don't need all that, that rollout no more. Just drop it. You know, that, that, yeah, the rollouts are dead. Sorry. The rollouts are only to keep people at the labels with a job so they can say that they're doing something. Because you don't really got to visit the radio stations. What else is there? It ain't no 106 in parks. It ain't no TRL. You go do everyday struggle. You do that from Zoom. Like, what do you need to do? All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Also, thank did, you, we, did we did we did we did did we shout out Michael Che? Because that's what distracted me earlier uh, when I forgot what I was going to say. Because I was reading that Michael Che is paying one month's rent for 160 apartments in New York City. In New York City, I've seen a, that. Yeah, yeah. The, the public housing building that his grandmother used to live in. His grandmother passed away, so he's paying a month's rent for the 160, 160 apartments in that building. That's, yeah, that's big. Drop some clues, bombs from Michael Che. Absolutely. That's really good. Okay. Up next is the People's Choice Mix. Send your request. Let me know what you want to hear. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to Scott Storch for joining us this morning. Yes, that was very entertaining to hear him uh, discuss all the things that he has coming up and also reflect on the battle that he had against Manny Fresh. Absolutely. And I definitely want to see a Scott Storch movie. I mean, that's that's so clear. Like, if a, if a yep. producer don't get that vision, something wrong. That's that's Wolf of Wall Street meets hip hop. Like, that's the Wolf of Wall Street hip hop version, easily. Absolutely. Man, shout out to him. And I um, mean, he's produced so many records. So I'm glad I'm glad he's back on track and he's doing okay. Now, when we come back, we got the positive notes. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. She like the way Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Huh? Christian Dior, Dior, I'm up in all the stores. When he raised the balls, she liked the way I heard. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Yee, you doing something revolt later on today? Yes, we are going to be talking about health and wellness during coronavirus, and Styles P will be on tonight as well. So we'll be discussing just things that you need to be doing to protect your immune system during coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, and also today I'll be on with Blavity this afternoon. They're doing a whole series of different things. And the Blavity panel I'm on is Shift Your Digital Ad Spend, How to Leverage New Opportunities While Everyone is at Home. And then I also have a seminar tonight with Valicia. She does these seminars where she sits down with different women and people get to come on and just learn about careers, advice for things like that. So. I have a lot going on today after the okay. show. All right. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I do. The positive note is simply this, man. Um, yeah, the positive note is simply this, man. I know right now there's a, a, a level of uncertainty that everybody is feeling, and you know they don't know what's next for them. They don't know what's next for the country. I want everybody out there to know that feels that way. You don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe, trust, let go, let God and see what happens. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Yeah. Who is 